Ta-da. Did it work? Oh, oh, oh. Good? Hello, everybody. That's quite a bit of a build-up. You'll all be thinking, oh, she'll be amazing. Well, let me tell you. Well, those of you that know me, this is not like my comfort space. This is not where I feel the most comfortable, shall we say. So, what I like to do, if I feel um, not fully at ease, I like to own the ground. I'm a very physical type of person. You'll notice as I speak, I speak with this a lot. Um, So I just want to kind of own this space. Um, And because I don't want you to all just sit and watch me do something ridiculous as I own this space, I'd like you to all join with me. So can we get up on our feet? (coughs) Now, some of you know this. I'm going to share with you today um, my signature move. (laughs) Girls got skills. (laughs) So... um, This is my gift to you all today. If you don't take anything else away from today, I want you to take this gift of movement. (laughs) Girlie's laughing. Okay, so this is how it starts. Put your feet hip-width apart. Yeah, just feel relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Clasp your hands together as if you're about to pray. We're not going to (laughs) pray. Let's just do a bit of a worm. Can you feel a worm? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're all good. I'm impressed. Okay, so when we get to here, we then stretch out our arms and just revolve like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you feeling it? Come on. That's brilliant. And then, then we can start all over again. There we go. You feeling the... Oh, yeah. Get a bit quicker. There we go. Signature styling. Give yourselves a clap. That was fantastic. I'm really impressed. I tried to teach that move to somebody on the weekend away. They were useless. You guys were amazing. Well done. Um, Now, I didn't just do that for fun. It will have some relevance later on, I hope. So, today, I think there is a magic PowerPoint. I've never used a PowerPoint before, so so I'm just trusting. That's my phone. So, today, well, we've been looking at Abraham, and today we're going to look at Sarah and the promise. So, um... This part of the story and this angle of the story is really important for us all because there's some really important principles that are here in this bit of the story. If you're a bloke, if you're a woman, if you're married, if you're single, if you want to be in a relationship, if you have friendships, this part of the story is really important. God shows us so much about how he wants our characters to be, how he wants us to live, how he wants us to relate to each other. It's a really important bit of the story. So I'm just going to do the intro and um, just set it up for you so you know that actually I'm speaking truth, not just waffling on, although I may waffle. (laughs) So, um, Galatians 3.6 says, I read from the Amplified, apologies if you're NIV. Galatians 3.6 says, thus Abraham believed in and adhered to and trusted in and relied on God. And it was reckoned and placed to his account and credited as righteousness. So it's Abraham's story, dot, dot, dot. But it's not just his story. 
It's Sarah's story too. It's Abraham's promise, dot, dot, dot. But it's not just his promise. It's Sarah's promise too. And you may be thinking, well, how can you say that? Because we all know God gave the promise to, to Abraham. Well, I can say it because in Genesis 17, verse 6, it says, yes, I will bless her and she will be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. So God's saying, this isn't just for Abraham. This is Abraham and Sarah. So this is their journey, their promise. So Genesis 12, 2, the story begins. A promise is given and they go on a journey. God said to them, leave, go to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make your name famous. You will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those (coughs) who curse you. So God gives them this promise. The first part of the promise, he puts a commandment. He tells them to go. The next bit of the promise is all the stuff he's going to do. He's going to make them a great nation. He's going to make them famous. He's going to bless them. And then at the end of the promise, he puts in protection. He says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. So this promise is clearly quite important to God. He's given a commandment. He's given the promise. He's put protection in there. God allows the promise for Abraham and Sarah to bring transformation to form faith, to test character, and to test their relationships. Now, how many of us has God given a promise to? Hands up. How many of us have seen that promise fulfilled? Hands up. How many of us haven't? Yeah. So, God has given us all promises. Some of them have been fulfilled. Some of them haven't. Some promises have been fulfilled and God's given us another promise or a different promise or, you know, we've all had promises and God has got promises for us all. And sometimes when they're not fulfilled and we can't see, we feel the pressure of that. There's like, there's a bit of pressure there. But we're going to look at the story and see what God says to us about the promise he gives us and the pressure that that it that can be formed. And I bet all of us, with all of our promises that we've had, I bet that promise has brought a level of transformation to us. I bet that promise has brought, um, it's tested our faith. And that's how faith is formed, by testing. It's tested and formed our character. And we all want to be godly people of good character. And it tests relationships. So, I'd like to read out of the Bible, again, so you know that I'm Speaking true. So we're going to read Genesis 12, 11 to 20. I think it might come up on the screen. If you've got your own Bibles, feel free to follow along or just listen. <coughs> so this is where Abraham and Sarah go. They've gone. They're doing the commandment bit. And he was about to enter into Egypt. He said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are beautiful to behold. So when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say, I beg of you, that you are my sister, so that it may go well with me for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. And when Abraham came into Egypt, the Egyptians saw the woman was very beautiful. 
The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into Pharaoh's house, Harim. And he treated Abram well for her sake. He acquired sheep, oxen, he donkeys, men servants, maid servants, she donkeys, and camels. But the Lord scourged Pharaoh and his household with serious plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister, so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and get away from here. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they brought him on his way with his wife and all that he had. What a passage. So, there you go. That's what the passage tells us. The Bible tells us on more than one occasion that Sarai was beautiful. Not only was she beautiful, I reckon she had some signature styling. (laughs) Can you imagine starting a journey to an unknown land, going on your journey, you've got your household, you're on your journey, you get to a new city, and the man of God who's leading you with a promise gets to that city and, and then panics, freaks out. And what does he do? Sarah's following him. La, 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 la. Abraham goes, whoa, can't cope with this. Abraham hides behind Sarah. It's like pushing Sarah in front. Just say, you're my sister, I really don't want to die. You're so beautiful. You've got your moves. It's just not going to work for me. He hides behind Sarah. He responds out of fear. He feels the pressure of the promise. The promise has told them to go. They go. He feels the pressure and then hides. And not only did he hide, he abdicated his responsibility. But what did God do for Sarah? Abraham's hiding, being fearful. Sarah's taken into Pharaoh's house. What what does God do for Sarah? God looked after Sarah. God showed Sarah favor. God blessed them. He blessed them both. Why did God do that? He did it because he was beginning to prove to Abraham and Sarah that he was faithful. He was beginning to prove to them that the promise was real, that he would do what he said he would do. He said to them, I will bless you. That's the promise. God's now beginning to show them and beginning to prove that to them. So just a little point on that. How often does God give us a word, give us a promise, speaks to us in a meeting, a specific thing, and we go, hallelujah, that's great, awesome. And then our circumstances do like a 180. So God's given this promise to Abraham and Sarah that you'll be a great nation. Now, that kind of means you have to have lots of descendants, right? So he's given them that promise, and suddenly this woman is now in Pharaoh's house. Like, how is this going to happen? How is she and Abraham? How are they going to be a mother and a father of a great nation? She's in another man's house. How often 
Does, does that happen to us? We get a promise and our circumstances just flip around. And we're, she must have been sat there thinking, what is going on? How is this? God, how are you going to make this work? This is completely opposite. What's going on? She also trusted. And I just want to take a moment. So just to speak to the women. Guys, you can listen because it's fun. But it's really important. And I know this personally. I can say it because I've been married for 12 years. 12 years. <laughs> women. And if you're not married and you're a woman, listen. Because it's important. When the men of God in your lives are on a spiritual journey and they make choices that you think are slightly dubious, you need to trust. You need to trust God with you. And if you're, if you're not married, you need to trust God with you. And you're in circumstances and situations that you don't understand. You need to trust God with yourself because it was God that restored Abraham and Sarah together. It was God that then not just restored them, he blessed them. They left Egypt with, with well, you've read it, like tons of oxen and donkeys and stuff. They left with a household. So trust God with yourselves, even when you're in circumstances that you don't understand and look contrary to the promise. Okay, so, Genesis 13, verse 15, says, God reminds, sorry, this is again where God reminds Abraham and Sarah of the promise. So, so God did this a lot. He, he gave them the promise, and then he reminded them and grew it. He reminded them and grew it. So he kind of was adding to this promise the whole time. This promise started as one thing and grew to something awesome. Genesis 13, verse 15, God reminds them again of the promise. And he reminds them after Abraham separated from Lot. And I think, I think that's been spoken about last week or the week before. Um, or maybe not. <laughs> the promise then grows. They were then promised land and wealth. And God reminds them they'll be a great nation. So he's like, come on, guys, stick with it. This is what I'm telling you. Genesis 15, 4, God does the same. Abraham's this point is naturally trying to work out how this promise is going to is going to happen. And so so Abraham's now he's got a promise and he's got a household. Now all of us God gives us a household. And so when I say household I want you to understand what my language means. When I say household I mean everything that's under your remit, your responsibility, whether it's the home you live in, <coughs> the job you do, the relationships around you, your friendships, all of that stuff is your household. So when I say household, that's what I mean. Um, so Abraham's got this increasing household, increasing wealth, the promise to be a great nation. In Genesis 15, 4, he's like, well, Genesis 15, he's, he's kind of scratching his head a bit and thinking, naturally, how's this going to work? So I'm getting older. My wife's not getting any younger. She's still very beautiful, but she's not getting any younger. This doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, if I look naturally, who's going to inherit? So he looks um, to the servant. And God specifically, clearly, Genesis 15, 4, says to him, this man, so the man being the servant, shall not be your heir, but 
he who shall come from your own body shall be your heir. Now, that's really clear, isn't it? It's like, it doesn't take a genius to work out. God's saying, you'll have your own heir. And so this proves that actually the promise is not just for Abraham, it's for Sarah too. Because is Abraham going to be a mother? No. That would be ridiculous. Who's going to be the mother? Sarah. Yeah. Sarah will bear the child of promise. This is what God's saying. The promise comes through both Abraham and Sarah. So this means that every time God reminds Abraham of the promise, he's not just reminding Abraham, he's reminding Sarah. Every time God mentions the promise, it's not just for Abraham, it's for Sarah. It's her promise too. So Sarah's now got this promise. Sarah felt some pressure. Who knows what it's like to feel pressure? Can I, can I just indulge myself and tell you a really funny story that happened to me on Thursday? Okay, this is, this is one of those instances where, in our house, we've got a joke. Well, it's not our joke, it's Peter Kay's joke. Who likes Peter Kay? Yes. So he's got this joke, right? And it's, um, it's about biscuits. So it's rich tea biscuits versus hobnobs. Who likes the rich tea? Who likes a hobnob? Ooh, right, so, so he's got this joke about biscuits, and it, he likes to dunk. Who likes to dunk? Oh, the only way, man. So, so you've got a nice hot cup of tea. You, you've got your biscuits. So you get a rich tea, and you dip a rich tea. Now, what does the rich tea do? Ah! Can't cope. You lose it in the bottom of your cup, don't you? It just melts. Oh, it's too hot, it's too hot. Melts. Hobnob. What's a hobnob do? Hard. Dunk me. Dunk me again. Go on. Longer. Yeah, like hobnobs are hard, man. Right, so we have this joke in our house. That, so often if one of us is being a bit wussy, we'll be like, what? Are you a rich tea? <laughs> are you a hobnob? Come on. So, so Thursday, I, those of you, again, who know me, know I like to be ordered... My sister-in-law um, has a little giggle on a Sunday because we buy the Times, and I like to read. I like to read the main bit, then I go to the review, then I read the Times magazine, the Star magazine, and the Culture magazine. I do this because I don't want to waste time on things like sport. <laughs> it's rubbish. So Thursday, I was super organised. Kids are off school. I've got two kids. They're off school. Um, I was going into the office, so I had the Woods bag. Those of you who went on the weekend away know the woods bag. It's, it's a bag we have full of games that when we go walking in the woods, we take it with us, and then we go to the pub, and we sit and play games for a couple of hours, and it's fun. So I had the woods bag. I had a bag with iPad, computer, work stuff. I had the black bag. Who knows the black bag? Give me a wave. Yeah. The black bag is the welcome bag. So anything that's relevant from today will go into the black bag and then I will take it home and then I'll take it to the office. So I had that. So we're at three, yeah? Three bags? I promised the kids um, I would take them swimming because if they were being super well-behaved for three hours in the office, um, I'll take you swimming. Four bags. Um, I'd also had a bag full of snacks because they're kids and you've got to throw sugar at them to keep them entertained bag number five um, and also uh, I was, had offered to take a meal to a friend's house um, 
and then pick up their child and take their child swimming with me. Bag six, yeah, six bags. And I had my handbag, does that count? Yeah, we'll call it seven. Seven bags. Um, so, so everything in the boot of the car, um, go to the office, la la la, kids fine, happy, do the stuff, la la la, do some work, la 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 la. Right, okay, um, focus. So get the food out of the office fridge that I'd left there, put it back in, right, pack up all my bags. I'd left the swimming bag in the car, so I didn't need that, see, honestly. That would just be silly, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Get in the car, start to drive, and think, oh, I don't like this. My car is not behaving the way it should behave. John's away. So, so we have, we're really blessed. We have two cars. So John was away, Birmingham or Bristol or somewhere. I'm driving thinking, this is not ideal. This doesn't feel right. And I go to put the brakes on, and they wouldn't work. <gasps> Moment of pressure. <laughs> What do you do? Oh, and I'd also promised the kids a McDonald's drive-through um, because they'd been so good. And also, it was a way of feeding them on the run. <laughs> so, so we, we kind of I get to McDonald's and pull in, order them food, and I think, hmm, not quite sure what to do. Give them their chicken nuggets and set off tentatively, thinking, what's actually the brakes hadn't gone at that point. It just felt wrong and there was a noise a metal noise <laughs> so um get back on the road and then the brakes do stop which was not ideal so i'm at a traffic lights and it's near the kids school and i know if i go left down croxted road there's the garage or i could power on and go and do my stuff and i thought no <laughs> i'm not gonna do that so I go down Croxted Road, take my car in, say, I'm, I'm there with children and many bags, and I say, I, it's lunchtime, I'm terribly sorry, I know you, you guys are really busy, my car is behaving badly, can you help? And they were lovely, and they, they said fine, and so, so now I had to decide, because it's quite a long walk to where we're going, I had to decide, right, which bags? What am I going to do? So I called the person I was dropping food off and said, I'm really sorry. I've got your spag bowl here. <laughs> um, she was fine. It's no problem. So I thought, well, I can't, can't leave spag bowl in the boots. I'll get that out. I promised the kids swimming. I can't, I can't let them down. Get that bag out. Get my handbag out. Can't leave the computers. Take those. That's it. Three bags. <laughs> Done. So we're walking along, and the kids are like, this is really far, mummy. And I'm like, yes, but we have some more sugar. <laughs> And we're walking along, and, and I had been talking about this talk. And I thought, how interesting. You talk about pressure, you get a day of pressure. <laughs> and I had a choice. So it, that, there and then, in my car, with the brakes failing, I had a choice. Do I do a rich tea? Oh, Coco! Ah! Or do I go, actually, God, I'm just going to trust you. This is not ideal. This is not how I planned my day. I like plans. This doesn't fit into them, but that's fine. I can make it work. God, I'm going to trust you, which is exactly what me and my household that instance did. So we, took, we walked all the way to the swimming pool. We had an hour and a half with the floats in the swimming pool. It was fantastic. The kids loved it. Da, 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 da. Once I'd gotten out of the swimming pool, the garage called and said, actually, that's the problem. The brakes have completely gone, which is not unusual. That can happen. They can be fine. And then, then the, I don't know if you know about cars, but the, 
the material bit can just disintegrate. So that's metal on metal, which hence the noise. Anyway, so they called and said, you know, so we can fix it for you, da-da-da-da-da. And I thought, God, I'm so glad I trusted you. Because actually, that would have just caused me a lot of stress if I'd gotten really, ah, my husband's away, I can't cope. Ah. But it's like, hobnob, trust God. Dunk me, God. <laughs> Dunk me. But it worked. And so we all had a lovely time. And actually, it was great because it gave me an opportunity to show my kids actually how we can respond in times of pressure, how we can just go, this is not ideal. They were really disappointed because their friend was coming. And it's like, I understand you're disappointed, but let's make the best of it. Let's have fun. Um, and so it was good. And so we eventually got home and all was well. Now, I say that. I don't always respond like that. <laughs> there are times where you feel the pressure and <laughs> flop. Um, and Sarah, getting back to what we're actually talking about, she felt the pressure. Genesis 16.2, Sarah says to Abraham, See here, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. I am asking that you have intercourse with my maid. It may be that I can obtain children through her. And Abraham listened to and heeded what she said. Interesting. That's what had God said. How often... Do we allow us feeling the pressure to um, put pressure on to others? How often when, um, when we say stuff to others, are we saying it out of pressure? And really, Abraham, really, who are you going to listen to? I know she's your wife and she's very beautiful, but God has said something. And like, I'd like to encourage the men in the room. When God has told you something, stick with it. Be the hobnob. Don't, don't give in to the pressure. Be strong. Have character. Don't go with the maid. It's quite simple. <laughs> Lead your household. And when I say household, you know what I mean. It's everything that God's given you. Lead it. God's told you something, lead it. I'm married to a man who's very strong. He always has been. It's what I love about him. It's what I admire about him. And even when I don't understand, and believe me, there are times where I don't understand, and I like to know. Um, or if I have fear, or if I feel the pressure, I choose to follow him as he is following God. Even when he makes choices I don't understand. Even when he makes choices that I look and go, well, that's a bit dubious. I'm not your sister. <laughs> I trust him, and I trust God in him, and I trust God with me. So that was just, yeah, how, how do we respond to pressure? So, uh, Genesis 17, verses 5 to 21. This is after Hagar has had Ishmael. So Abraham's now 99. That's old. 
this is quite, quite an important moment in the story because this is where God takes, turns the promise. It was a promise. It's grown. It's expanded. He now changes it to a covenant. What does that mean? Circumcision! <laughs> so as a sign of the covenant, God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. He told Abraham about circumcision. Like, he's 99. This is not fun. Verse 17, he said, God says to Abraham that Sarai will have a baby. Abraham, what does he do? He laughs. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't think so. She's a bit old. Um, and verse 17, verse 15, God then changes Sarai's name. As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah. Princess, her name shall be. <gasps> wow. What a name change. And I just want to take a moment here and just, just say it this. This is what God does for us. He looks at us and sees lovely. He looks at us and sees princess. And girls in the room, that's how he views us. Like, because Sarah is our faith mother, just as Abraham is our faith father. He sees us as beautiful, as lovely. He calls us princess. That's who he's called us to be as women, princess. With signatures telling. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read another scripture. Let me see. That's part of my order. I like notes. Okay, Genesis 18, verses 1 to 19. Are you all still with me? Cool. Now, the Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat by the door of his tent. Actually, I don't think I'm going to read this. Okay, if you want to read this, you can. It's all in the Bible, it's true. So I'll just, because I'm running, I've been waffling. <laughs> so God comes as three men to affirm the promise for children. This is now Sarah's turn to laugh. Is it up there? Um. And God asks Abraham and Sarah to teach their children his ways and to teach their children who he is. So again, for me, this is really important. I'm a mother. I also do the kids' work here, which is a joy and it's a privilege. And it's a responsibility us as the church community can't take lightly because this is God's commandment, right? We've got to teach, teach the children his ways. And the Psalms say that, teach a child when he's young in the way that he shall go and when he's old he shall not depart from it um, kids are a priority and kids in our community are really important because we're the ones with the responsibility to teach them the ways of God to teach them about faith to teach them about prayer um, and, and also as someone who works on the kids I love it when we get guys involved in the kids work because often it can be seen as like the woman's the women do the kids' work. Actually, that's not in the Bible. And actually, it's really good when guys get involved in the kids' work because it just brings a different perspective um, for kids and they understand godly men are good, right? We need strong, godly men. So, Genesis 18, verse 10 says... Sorry, can you hear that? Like, am I doing... Sorry. would <laughs> be very off-putting. Um... Genesis 18, verse 10 says, I will return to you when the season comes round. I will return to you and behold, 
Sarah will have a son. Again, that's super clear, yeah? God's just said Sarah's going to have a son. Genesis 20, verses 1 to 18, they move again. So they pack up their household, they move. They go to Gerar. And when they get to Gerar, Genesis 20, verse 2, And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, took Sarah into his harem. Duff. So they're well old now, but she still must be very beautiful. And she still must have her stylings. But he's done it again. God's told him five times. God's told Sarah specifically twice. God's made a promise. He's expanded it. He's made it into a covenant. He's changed their names. He's proved the promise. He's made them rich. He's protected the promise in Egypt. And he's just told them it's going to be soon. What did Abraham do? He reverted to type. He responded out of fear and he felt the pressure. But, Genesis 20, verse 18, For the Lord had closed fast the wombs of all in Abimelech's household because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. God was Sarah's protection. God restored Sarah to Abraham. God compensated Sarah. God restored her honour and her dignity. I'm wrapping up. Chapter 21, we've talked a lot about this promise. Chapter 21, 1 to 7. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for her as he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son in her old age, and they named the son Isaac, which means laughter. Her story doesn't end there, but that's for another day. Ben, do you mind? Becky. Girl's got moves. Sarah, when she died, was 127. Sarah was a princess. Sarah was beautiful. Sarah had grace. She had favor. She had dignity. She had respect. And who was God in Sarah's life? He was provider. He was restorer. He was healer. He was miracle maker. She bore the promise. She held up under the pressure. And I know there's been a response sorry, already today, but I love there to be an opportunity. If God's spoken to you about promises, or if God's spoken to you about how you react under pressure, I'd love for there to just be a moment where if you, you want to come and kneel or pray these things through. I had a, a picture a few weeks ago. And I saw, um, I saw a bookshelf, and on the bookshelf was one book. And it was on those beautifully leather, gilt-bounded, thick 
books. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. And the book was brought down from the shelf. And it was covered in really thick dust. So I didn't know what it was. It was just a book covered in dust. And I saw the Holy Spirit blow on the book. Blow all the dust off. And I read, and the book said, promises. And sometimes God can give us a promise. And it's like we don't understand it's not being fulfilled. We feel like we're getting old. We can feel the pressure of it. We can feel, oh, well, what can I do to make it happen? When God blows on our promises, they happen. And they happen in his time. And they happen in his way. We can sometimes miss the promise by responding to pressure. And if, if you've ever felt like, actually, I've just responded to the pressure. I've just been a bit of a rich tea. Then I'd love for you to take a moment and just, just let God in on that. Just, just let God have that moment. We can still inherit the promise, even if we've responded out of pressure. And maybe like Abraham, you've gotten with the maid and you've had Ishmael. God still... God still gave them their promise. They still inherited the promise, but it had a lot more difficulty than it needed to have. It had a lot more stress attached to it. Um, it. It wasn't necessarily the way God intended, but if God's given you a promise and you're holding on to it, then just let the Holy Spirit blow on that today. I just encourage you to just open that up to him again and just give it to him and say, actually, God, yeah, this promise, it may be a bit dusty. It may be on the shelf a bit, but let, allow the Holy Spirit to just blow on that today. So I think are we going to sing a song? And if anything that I've said today that you feel that actually that was really relevant and I want God to minister in that area, feel free I'm going to move my junk. Feel free to, to come out, meet with God, spend some time with him, deal with that stuff. Let him, let him in again. Let him blow on those promises.